This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love What Matters presents Your Story is a production of Love What Matters and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Colin Balf, founder and CEO of Love What Matters, and welcome to Love What Matters presents Your Story. Each week, we'll hear an incredible story of compassion, kindness, and above all, love. I was just walking room from room, and I could see this big empty house, and all I could see was all the time that I'd lost. I was looking at, you know, a kitchen that instead of baking cookies and enjoying with my boys was always filled with dirty dishes and chaos and clutter. Every room filled with toys that I thought was necessary, you know, bins and bins full of dumped Legos and puzzles and stuff that I would spend my evenings putting back. I just remember saying to my husband, I don't I don't want to do this again, not this way. Today's story features a woman from North Carolina who rebuilt an entirely new life for herself and her family after an unexpected loss. My name is Katie Bryant. I'm from Western North Carolina, and I'm 31 years old. When Katie and her husband decided to move their family of four into a big and beautiful historic home, their future seemed nothing but bright. They envisioned their family growing closer, growing together under an exciting new roof. But they soon realized that more space to grow also meant more space to accumulate. We lived in this tiny brick house just on the outskirts of town. And we felt like we were kind of bursting at the seams. At that point, we had just had our second son. And we found this historic home that truly just oozed charm and character. It's absolutely beautiful. Five-bedroom, three-bath home. Some kind of Pinterest dream. But it was also huge. And I don't think that we realized, coming from such a small house, what a catalyst that would be for stuff. You know, we envisioned family dinners and... Christmas gatherings and hosting people and having a place to do all of those things. 
you know, when we first got there, it was fairly empty because we moved from such a small house. We didn't have enough furniture or anything to fill it. Slowly over the next, I'm not sure, maybe a year, it just seemed that there was stuff everywhere. It looked tidy. It's not like there were piles of things everywhere. The kids had a playroom filled with toys, and they each had a bedroom that were also filled with toys. And we had our room, and my husband had his own closet filled with clothes, and I had mine. It was just, it felt that I was i was managing all of that stuff rather than actually spending any time with them. The organized chaos of the Bryants' life in their historic house came to an unexpected end one fateful day as Katie was playing with her sons in an upstairs room. My husband worked out of town. I was upstairs with the boys. We were playing. I'd been doing laundry all morning, and we were playing upstairs. What I had done is I had put blankets all over the, the banister. This is a very, very big stairwell. Kind of think of the, the Home Alone house. So I had hung the blankets all over that banister to dry. This was August, and I was trying not to run the, the air conditioner as much and the dryer as much. So I, I spread those out to dry after doing some laundry. So I, I opened the door to their upstairs playroom and found out that the, the whole stairwell was on fire. This is a 1911 home. When those houses were built, the stairwell is right in the middle. So I, I pretty quickly realized that we were trapped. At the time, there was a candle down at the bottom of the stairs on a little table that should have been far enough away, but I guess for some reason wasn't. And so those blankets caught on fire, basically turning the, the stairwell into a chimney. So we were upstairs. There was four bedrooms upstairs. We were in one that we called the playroom, which was basically just a room filled with toys. Thankfully, that was also one of the only rooms that opened up a window onto the roof of the porch. So we had a way down. And I went, pushed them back into the playroom and crammed one of their, um, they call them whoobies, one of their blankets underneath the door to keep the smoke out. And I started working at getting the window open. I mean, essentially, I ended up holding the baby. At this point, he was two. And trying to keep the older child back while I kicked out a window for us to crawl through. We ended up making it out onto the roof of the porch and um, we sat there singing songs and trying to stay calm until the fire department could come and get us down. My oldest son kind of panicked as I started trying to get them out onto the roof. And so he he told me he wasn't going to go and he bolted back into the house. So I, I had to go back through the window with the, the toddler still. And I, I got to him and I just told him, you know, I know that this is terrifying. I'm scared too. And I, I just explained, you know, we are going to cry all you want as soon as our feet are on the ground. When we get in the ambulance or when we get to safety, I will hold you and we can cry for two days if you want to. But right now in this moment, I need you to hold it together and we've got to do what has to be done because we have to get out of here. And he dried it up and he followed me out onto that roof. He still remembers this moment to this day. I just kind of held them on my lap. I was scared to sit them down by themselves. This is still more than a story up. So we sat there singing ABC songs and anything else I could come up with in that moment to keep them calm. And thankfully, the fire department got there pretty quick. We've all thought about the things we'd save in a fire, but few of us have ever had to actually make that split-second choice. Katie was surprised by her own actions in that impossible situation. It was probably 12 hours later that I realized that I didn't grab anything. You know, if you had asked me before that day, what I would have taken in the event of an emergency or in a fire, I probably could have listed off 25 things from family heirlooms and pictures and irreplaceable treasures, or so I thought. Uh, and when that moment actually came, I left without even getting shoes. In the space of just a few hours, Katie's life had been completely changed. Her and her family were thrust from the day-to-day -day craziness of life with two young children into the immediate chaos of recuperating after losing everything 
except one another. By the time my feet were on the ground, the media was there. They have scanners, so they heard the 911 call. There were cameras in our faces. I didn't even have shoes for one of my kids. I had to carry him. When these calls come across, if you're inside your home, it comes across as entrapment. So they sent out four different fire departments to be sure that they could get everybody out safely. So, you know, it's just complete chaos. I remember someone called a victim's advocate telling me to call our homeowner's insurance. And I remember somebody pressing a card into my hand from a cleanup company. And I remember somebody putting me in an ambulance with the kids and just closing up the door so we could get the cameras out of our face for a minute. Um, it was it was definitely completely chaotic. Thankfully, the community rallied around the Bryants and along with their insurance company, helped them jumpstart the process of getting back on their feet. We got set up through our insurance company with a hotel. And by the time we got to, um, they moved us into like a small suite. By the time we got over there, people had already brought some things for the boys. A friend had packed a bag of clothes uh, for my kids because we had nothing. We weren't, the smoke damage was so bad, we weren't allowed to take anything out of the home at all. Not, not a phone charger, not a sweater, nothing. So someone had brought clothes for my kids and someone else had sent some snacks, like some fruit and stuff for me to give to them later that day. My mom came and picked up the boys so I could meet with all the adjusters and all the necessary people. It took about four or five months to get back into the house. For those four or five months, our community completely rallied around us. They sent art supplies to the hotel for the kids to use, and they lost their special blankets in the fire. And so somebody had blankets made with their names. I learned everything I feel like I know about humility and true gratitude through this experience. You know, our insurance company dealt with the the financial part of this, but as far as losing everything we own, they were so... In our corner, I guess is the best way to say it. More on Love What Matters right after a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Love What Matters. With their friends and neighbors at their backs, the Bryants began the slow process of rebuilding their home and their life, starting with adjusting to hotel living. Cohabiting a tiny space was, to Katie's surprise, the ultimate blessing in disguise. We, at this point, owned basically nothing. So we kind of had to start from scratch. And they were able to repair the home, but pretty much everything in it was a loss. So we got moved into this little hotel suite. Honestly, it's it's probably bigger than what I live in now. But we had one room that was like a bedroom, one bathroom, a kitchen that's very, very small. Uh, You couldn't fit like an actual pot in the sink. And then a tiny little living room area. All of this, you know, probably fit in, I would say, 400 square feet. So we went from 3,000 square feet to this, but we didn't have anything with us. So we started kind of building like capsule wardrobes 
In most hotel rooms, there's like a dresser that the TV sits on. In that bottom drawer, we put books from the library and toys in for the boys. And that was about it. We added a few kitchen things. And that was pretty much all that we had because honestly, there was nowhere to put it. Everything had to go somewhere. So we lived there for a few months and we started kind of realizing that we were happier. We we played all the time. I wasn't managing their stuff or occupying the boys so I could get something done. We were just able to play with them. So I was spending our afternoons in the hotel playing cars on the floor. Um, somebody brought dart guns and we ambushed the hotel staff for hours on end. It was great fun. We played in that hotel pool until it basically until it got cold. You know, and we we were just so happy. I think at that point in that stark contrast is when I started realizing how I really hadn't been playing with them. I had been getting them set up to play so I could wash dishes or getting them set up to play so I could wash five loads of laundry or or something else. And it was more about occupying the time than it was enjoying their childhood. Months later, when Katie returned home to the property for the first time since the fire, she realized her priorities and her vision for her family's future had fundamentally changed. We actually had what's called a walkthrough with the construction company that that was doing the renovations to the house. And so I walked back in to the house and, and we had been back and forth some, but I hadn't really spent much time at the house at this point. And so you do what's called a final walkthrough to see if, you know, if you're ready to pay them, if they need to do more work, you know, kind of like a punch out list and see what needs to be done. That night after that walkthrough, we kind of sat down and started talking about, you know, well, if we're so miserable in that house with all that stuff, why did we buy it? How did this how did this end up being our lives if this is not what makes a happy home for us? And we started, the more that we really did an autopsy of it and an autopsy of the situation, we realized that we had kind of, without meaning to, followed the herd mentality that life is a checklist and that we had, you know, we'd married young and we had a house and we each had a car and then a baby. And so obviously we needed all of this stuff without, I think, really intentionally seeing that those things are all choices. Um, so we we decided to say, okay, well, if, if these things are choices and they're not working for us, what choices could we make instead? What is the fundamental difference here? What type of, of culture are we wanting to create for our family? If this isn't it, what is? The idea of living minimally had always appealed to Katie, but she'd never fully embraced it. Now, a more pared-down lifestyle seemed like the perfect thing for her family. I had dabbled in trying to downsize before the fire. But looking back, instead of purging things, I was trying to organize stuff. So I don't think I really had the full benefit of it. It wasn't until I could see all of that stuff gone and see that I had chosen to put it there that I realized that that stuff and that clutter wasn't just causing mental anxiety. It was also robbing me of time. And I didn't realize that the things that you you bring into your home or what's taking up your time. And of course, you know, you need things. You need kitchen tools and you need things to do in your home, but you, you need to choose them well. And you need to be sure that they're something that you want to bring into your family. The Bryants wanted to live in a way that prioritized family time and connection instead of material goods. They said goodbye to their big house and searched for something more in line with their new mentality. What we bought is a 10-acre homestead, and it's just it was just the land. We renovated a camper and put it out there. It's right at 240 square feet. So, you know, life is very different now, but we 
we've not found that we need anything that we don't have. Um, we have a very minimal kitchen set up, but I'm able to cook meals without a problem. And the boys have one drawer of toys and a few sets of building things like Legos. And then we also homeschool. So they have a cabinet of their school books and their like, school supplies, which they're in elementary school. So that involves a lot of scissors and markers and crayons and stuff, too. So but it, it, it all fits. And we've not had a problem. I think people, or at least I did, associate children with massive amounts of stuff. But the reality is children don't take up that much space. It's all the nonsense that we think that they need that does. So, you know, now I have capsule wardrobes even for the boys, and they I kind of have it down to a formula. Everybody gets one coat. Everybody gets, you know, one warm hat, two pairs of shoes. We just keep it simple. If something is, is torn or broken, we can repair it or replace it. And it doesn't mean that we need to go on a shopping trip and buy 12 new things. More on Love What Matters right after a quick break. Welcome back to Love What Matters. The giant change of a family of five to go from a two-story, five-bedroom house to just 240 square feet is not lost on Katie. But she prioritizes space in a different way now and is confident that her and her family will be happy and comfortable for the next couple of years. I don't think I've ever said the words 240 square feet and someone not slowly blinked at me for just a second before they (laughs) absorbed that number. I think a couple of things are important here to, to say. We are building our own home on this homestead, so the 240 square feet is not forever. This is just during the building phase, so probably a few years. We are building ourselves and we're building with cash, so it moves kind of slow, but it's an intentional choice. We could go out tomorrow and be approved for a mountain of debt. We just We just don't want it. So the other thing is we've renovated a camper and campers are are well-made, kind of like tiny houses, to use that space well. So it's not like 240 square feet that you fit all of your furniture into and work around. The boys are in bunk beds that are in the wall. You know, it's, it's designed to do this and to do it well. The difference for us is, I mean, of course there's still messes. I get asked this all the time. Does it just stay clean all the time? Of course not. We have five people and three little boys living in 240 square feet. There's messes. You know, that sometimes the kitchen's a mess or sometimes there's Legos all over the floor. The difference is that in that big house, I could spend three hours doing something with my family and have to clean up after it for four days. Now I can spend all these hours doing things with my family and it takes 15 minutes to put it back together. Everybody got um, the stomach flu back a couple months ago. And I mean, I'll just be honest, I was sick. It was a disaster in there. There was dishes piled up and toys everywhere. It took 45 minutes to put it completely back together, including cleaning and and really making sure things were sanitary and safe. That was not my life in 3,000 square feet. The other thing that I think is important to say is, yes, it's 240 square feet, but we don't just sit in there and stare at each other and at the walls. You know, we have 10 acres. We go explore. We go hike. We play games a lot. Um, we, We don't do much screen time. But they're small, so, you know, they're they're completely occupied with checkers or card games. You know, we just enjoy living our life and living it abundantly instead of trying to constantly keep after our things. Katie and her family's new way of life on their homestead has been rewarding in many ways. But the amount of quality time and genuine opportunities for family connection have given them might be the most valuable. I'm not playing with them for a few minutes so I can go and do what I need to do. I'm actually engaging with them and enjoying them and experiencing them. And my husband as well. You know, I think because as the mom of the house, so much of that fell to me. My husband works full time. I think I didn't realize how much of of a, a load and a weight that was. Now I feel 
completely free to live with my boys and with my family in a way that is intentional, in a way that cultivates the type of culture that I want them to reflect on as adults and think, wow, we did that together and that was so much fun and not, where was mom <laughs> You know, when this happened? Katie found a silver lining in the misfortune of losing her family's home. She turned a tragedy into an opportunity to reevaluate and reset her life and figure out what was really important to her and her family. The Bryants came out on the other side as a stronger, happier family and remind us to make choices that matter and to live authentic lives, whether that means buying the big house or thriving on the humble homestead. I want people to examine their lives and their choices. And if, you know, if, if living in a 3,000 square foot house in the city is your intentional choice, then that's great. I'm not here to tell you that you need to live life like I do or that my life is something to aspire to. But I do want the people hearing this to look at their choices and decide if they made them intentionally or if they just thought they had to. The lives that we live, we, we just get this one shot at. You don't miss out on your children's lives or your own life or your future because you signed up for someone else's checklist. Thanks for listening today. I hope you heard something that inspires and empowers you. For more stories like this one, check out lovewhatmatters.com. This podcast is a production of Love What Matters and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Colin Balf. The Love What Matters Presents Your Story podcast is produced by Miranda Hawkins and me and mixed by Josh Thane. Emily Marinoff is our engineer and Aaron Kaufman is our editor. Editorial oversight by Miranda Hawkins and me with help from Emily Marinoff and Juliet Muller. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Kevin Balf, Chris Balf, Wilson Garrett, Red Seat Ventures, and Craig Kitchen. You can find more inspiring stories at lovewhatmatters.com. We'll see you next week.